0: Welcome to another episode of Startups and Fuckups, a podcast brought to you by Norskin House Kigali. Yes, in this podcast, we speak to stakeholders in Africa's startup ecosystem. Oh, don't forget, Africa Week is around the corner now. Have you got any your tickets? If not yet, find them at NorskinAfricaWeek.org. And, you know, they're going for a very, very affordable fee. Now, with Africa Week, we're going to be bringing Africa's leading startups and the world's leading investors into one place they're going to check out kigali this is going to be an annual event so you should check that out across all our social media platforms now it's it's another episode and this time we're talking to another big boy but in the gaming industry and you know what is gaming what kind of gaming are they doing we're speaking to the founder of malio games i hope i'm pronouncing that right Uh, mr hugo obi what's up my guy
1: hey brother how you doing very good Welcome back to Kigali. Thank you. You, you live here, literally. <laughs> I swear to God. Every single time I come, I keep thinking that. you you initially here every three months, literally? Every two months? It's, it's, it's been like that for the last couple of months, yes. Oh, well, what's bringing you in Kigali? Exploring, man. Uh, we're trying to build a Pan-African gaming company. Um, I love the sound of that. We've actually done it already. So we have teams in five African countries. Okay. Um, Nigeria, Kenya, Ghana, Cameroon, and South Africa. How many people are we talking? Close to 30 now. So I'm about 30 people, still young. 30 is not small
0: if you're doing more than five markets.
1: Totally. So we're looking for a hub and um, to build our operations. the yes, team I know. I know. That was kind of like the first place that I got to when I came here. And I felt a love. I mean, it's a beautiful city. Um, it's got a really vibrant energy. I don't mean this in a bad way, but it feels like Lagos in like 2012, 2014, mm-hmm. like in terms of the startup buzz, like oh, okay. it's still yeah. like, you know, obviously Lagos has matured a little bit, Nigeria yep. has matured in the startup space yep. a little bit, but you know, this feels like this is the start of something really great. And you can feel the energy when you're in Northskin. You can feel the energy I when think
0: you're in the- we can avoid some of the mistakes that uh, the startup ecosystem in Nigeria has had. Uh, some of the stories lately, man, they're not the best for us as a continent.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, startups are startups, right? You know, like, that's what your show is about, isn't it? You know, like, it's about the mistakes. You can't run a company without making mistakes. Sure. So, like, you're literally building. The way that I put it to my team in terms of our strategy is we're trying to change a wheel of a car whilst driving it. And there's this video on YouTube of some crazy people in, in the Middle East who actually did it in the desert. They had a car moving and then they changed the wheels whilst, whilst the car is moving because you have to be constantly moving. The philosophy of that idea is is that we have to constantly move and show progress, right? And we make mistakes along the way. We learn really fast and then we keep going. Isn't that the advantage of startups? Like the ability to
0: evolve pivots as fast as possible? Like you could pivot overnight.
1: Yeah, totally. Well, hopefully not drastically. I think for us, it's not so much about pivots. It's more around refinement. So it's improvements and refinements and sort of like Catalyzing what we already do it right so the kind of like the direction is always the same you know when we started 11 years ago back in 2012 the vision was to build games for the african market there were three reasons why we wanted to do it one was that the global games industry was making like over 100 billion dollars a year Yep. the second was that africa's population was really large and nobody was really focused on the continent true and then the third one was mobile penetration internet you know internet adoption was just on the rise right those conditions still hold through today. And I think like that is we've really dug in deep, like we've kept our head down over that period of time. And it's only now that we're starting to really see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like it's been dark for a very, very long time. And it's that persistence, that consistency, that, you know, constant refinement and improvement that's enabled us to finally see the road. When you speak about it that way and someone
0: goes back to 2012,
1: right, some of us were
0: just beginning our careers (laughs) in the employment world. Yeah, uh, still young cats, I would like to think so. Hugo, keeping at it, is one thing. So many people easily give up along the way. I've seen this quite a lot. I've been, in a way, part of the startup industry since my first days in media, you know, uh, reporting on startups. And now working in startups, and trying to get as much partnerships and, you know, investment ready for many of our startups, get their market ready. And people give up. 2012, when you decided to start up Mario Games, then what inspired you beyond... Looking at the population of Africa growing beyond, you know, looking at mobile money penetration. I think M-Pesa was the thing, mobile money was just starting to pick up as well uh, on the continent. FinTech. This was before the FinTech boom. Yeah. Before everyone does FinTech. (laughs) (laughs) What made you say, let me go into gaming, especially with the connotation that gaming had on the continent then? Because it was seen as it's for the privileged or it's for people that have nothing to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, we were seeing a trend back then with, like, um, casual games where, you know, like, much older, the average age of, like, a gamer sort of, like, changed from the traditional profile you just described to much older people playing games. And that really brought about the successes of some of the biggest names that you know today. The average gamer, I don't know what the current age is, but, like, you know, a couple of years ago, the average gamer was around 37 and female. That wouldn't be the profile of what you would expect. Really? Totally, totally. Female? Female, 37. And I don't think it's changed. The spectrum of gaming is very wide. When people think about gaming, what they think about is the traditional console games. But that has moved on. Mobile is much bigger, right? Candy Crush. Exactly. So Candy Crush, Temple Run, you know, like all of your word puzzle games, you know, all of your trivia games, right? Most people do not consider that as games, right? You know, these are people who play games on average, maybe like 30 minutes to an hour a week. Now, when you put it that way, yeah. it makes
0: sense because I see many of, you know, uh, my female friends and, you know, ladies and cousins. I'm like, oh, guys, Candy Crush, really. <laughs> Like, I last played
1: a game on my phone. You remember the snakes? Yeah. yeah uh, on the Siemens? Yeah, 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 uh, back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Like, no, like everybody, play games thinks, phone. everybody that thinks they're not a gamer until you say to them, Oh, do you play Scrabble? Do you play chess? Right? Mm-hmm. Do you play Sudoku? Mm-hmm. Right? And when you start asking them the start of questions, they're like, yeah. yeah. And then they get it on their mobile phones and it's like, Oh, yeah, yeah, let me just take a few minutes here, a few minutes there. And before you know it, like, they're just looking for an hour where they can just sit down and go through this. So those are the kinds of games that we create. It's mostly casual, mostly focused on mobile. Um, It's mostly like games that people play for a couple of minutes, a couple of sessions um, in a day. So one of our most popular games, Word King. I play Word King. Yeah, Yeah, like I didn't know Mario Games was behind Word King. Yeah, so the average session length is about an hour, 20 minutes, actually. And the average number of sessions per day is around 4.5, which means that people launch the game four and a half times in a day. I mean, those are just average stats. Obviously, you have people who do less and then people who do way more. But yeah, those are the kinds of games that we play. Games that are really easy to play. Anybody can play them. And mostly for like a much diverse group, but non-traditional gamers. So when we look at our player profiles, for instance, people who, who play traditional console games, you know, FIFA, Call of Duty... You know, Fortnite would not be the profile of people for our games.
0: Fair enough. When you look at Africa's gaming industry and its growth and potential, right? I see figures being pushed around, depending on who's talking. Have you guys reached the peak yet? Or have you barely scratched the surface?
1: We have barely scratched the surface. So in 2021, NewZoo released a report that showed that Africa generated 590 million US dollars a year. This is sub-Saharan Africa, excluding the Northern African part of the African countries. The key markets would be South Africa, Nigeria, Kenya, Ethiopia. I'd love to see Ethiopia, pop up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Population size always helps, right? So that was kind of like the number of $519 million. Most of that revenue is obviously being made by global publishers, so like, you know, North America, Europe. And the challenge that we have as a continent is that we don't have the skill sets to build those kind of like high quality games Um, we've been working to change that in the last couple of years with our developer training program which is really helping to provide skills in game development to people across the continent not just in Nigeria where we're from and you know we're seeing the kind of like new wave of developers, you know, young, ambitious, you know, like creative coming in to the fore. And I think like with the types of games that they're introducing to the market, we're going to see a shift in demand. And what I mean by a shift in demand is we're going to see more people playing games. What type of games are they bringing to the market? It's cash. It's casual games. African games? African games. I mean, like we have some stuff that we're working on. Obviously I can't speak about them for like confidentiality. Trust uh, me. But no one's out uh, here. No yeah. one's no one listening. <laughs> but <laughs> well, we are super excited mm-hmm. Like we are super excited about the games even you know like when you start playing them and you, even you as a developer is really engaging when there's a game that I've wanted
0: to learn for a very long time I usually see so once in a while I play a little bit of golf and they're my elders at the club so when they're done with their round there's a game they usually play I have never figured out how to play that game I'm so envious of people that play that game because it looks it's just legit right <laughs> uh, it's, it's called it's Ijisoro uh, people correct me if I'm wrong, right? It uh, includes, like, movement of beads okay. here, there, ah, and there. Okay. And, it, okay. and it's across, like, <laughs> different markets in, in the region. Because in Tanzania, it's also played there. Yeah. 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 In Uganda, it's also played in there. Kenya's in Kenya, it's also, also played In Nigeria, it's big. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, like, I think there was a game by an Ethiopian studio, Kenya Games, called Mankala. Mm-hmm. And it's based on that same, you know. And I was in Kenya, actually, on, on my way here. I stopped by Nairobi, and I went to a market in downtown mm-hmm. Nairobi. And they had one of them, and they had three seats per container. And I was saying to the guy, it's meant to be four. <laughs> uh, I was like, no, that was a difference. It's so different. It's the same principle, the same yeah. number, but like, yeah, so like that is another true African game. That is a little bit more complex in that the rules vary per market and sometimes when you build such a game people expect it to play a certain way and then it doesn't and then you get really irritated because like this is not how
0: we play it. Oh, you can be modified. You see the same way when uh, you go to your FIFA console and gives you legendary level.
1: Yeah, it's really about investment, right? Is yeah. investment, is research. Is also one of the benefits of having a very diverse team which is what we've done because that diversity we're able to get like different perspectives and we're really able to build truly for the continent. Talking about investment, R&D is one thing that we don't
0: do much as a continent because, you know, it's pretty expensive. Only 1% of our GDP goes into that. R&D is important for you to build the stuff you need to build, especially in the startups world, right? Looking at investment, how much of your investment just goes into R&D? For us,
1: everything goes into R&D. It's crazy, yes. Give me your model. Like, how are you able to function? So we have something called a rapid prototyping model. And really, it's just about building prototypes. We build really quickly. We tried to achieve three things with the rapid prototyping. One is like rapidly upskilling the teams, so giving them skills through building. It's almost like if you imagine what like what the football teams do, right? Mm -hmm. They do a lot of like practice, right? They play one match a week, but for the rest of the time it's just, you know, like passing, eight sessions. You know, like moving without the ball, you know, like getting into formation, trying different strategies, Mm -hmm. right? That's R and D. So, you know, we do that, like I said, to accelerate learning and we do that to get games to market faster. And we also do that to get also data from the players. So, like, you know, we can try out different things. And that's what I mean by R and D. We don't know what sort of like mechanic, what type of games would work for the market. We're gonna ask people, and you know what it's like. You ask people, would you like this? And they say yes, 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 yes. And, and, and others, you, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, change A, exactly, B, C, to your... exactly, exactly, it's a new right? on... Yeah, exactly. So it's it's much easier when you get it in their hands, and then you see how they behave, and then we learn from the different sort of like player behaviors and we see what to optimize, and then we can try out. We can be a little bit more experimental. So the way we think about R&D is more experimentation, right? So it's having this experimentation mindset of, like, knowing that if you build something, the market's reaction to it might not be what you expected, right? And be prepared to kind of, like, take that data, learn from it, and then do something else. And that's what R&D is about for us. You listen to Startups and Fuckups, a podcast brought to you by No Skin House, Kigali.
0: And we are with Hugo Obi. From Malio Games in the gaming industry, he has been in it since 2012. Building Malio Games, Obi, fuck ups, right?
1: (laughs) But it were rainy days. Yes, yes. With storm. So the one that hit us the most, I think, was the talent one. I mean, like that was literally the only thing that held us back. Not capital. Not capital. The reason why I say that is if somebody deployed, say, five million dollars to us let's say, in 2018 or 2017, right? We wouldn't have maximized the use of that resource the way we would have been able to do it now. I love the honesty. Yeah, what I mean by that is because we weren't able to find talent locally, we would have ended up offshoring all of the sort of like development. Mm -hmm. And when you offshore, you don't retain the the skill sets within the local market. Mm -hmm. So once you exhaust those finances, I just talked about experimentation. So you don't really know if things would work. You can do them to the best of your ability But sometimes the market reaction to it isn't what you expect. So you end up like building in a bubble. There you go. You burn the cash and then you don't retain the skill sets, right? So what we've done is we, in 2020, we invested in a training program to train young developers across all African markets. And that has really enabled us. And it's kind of like the way we thought about it was a train to hire. So we train and then we hire the best people from the training. And then they come into the team with really a learning mindset. They come into the team, not afraid to fail, because we provide them a safe environment to kind of like try things out and learn from failure and then we built a really really strong culture so right now we are actually in the process of raising investment but you know like we can deploy it the way I always want how much
0: are we looking for? (laughs) (laughs) millions Uh, which round is this? pre-series? this is seed this is seed round seed?
1: yeah where is Malio registered? Um, somewhere (laughs) no no (laughs) no because you thinking about us registering in Rwanda? yeah You, you
0: know, I'm always
1: trying to get people, my people I mean, home. Like, you know what it's like. I like your people. Yeah, and you guys my, my people me you like you. Show, me? show me, you guys, show me some love. Have you seen right? the setup act? You guys, show me this in the setup act. I've been talking to your guys at the RDB for free tax, you know, <laughs> tax exemptions here and there. No, this is the reason why I'm here. Yeah. I mean, like, I, like I think what the government is doing here is amazing. Yep. Um, so the first time we came, we came for a convention with the RDB, and we're really impressed with kind of like the way the government was thinking about supporting startups, building up the ecosystem, what they're doing around talent development. And, you know, that's also something that we care about heavily. I also love the fact that Rwanda sees itself as a hub for the African continent. And I think, like, it's well positioned to be that. And it's got great infrastructure, which is something that we struggle with. I mean, like, the teams, the countries that I mentioned, um, all the five countries, you know, one thing that we all have in common is we do have power challenges. Um, you know, South Africa included, as you know. Eskom. Uh, yeah. Let me not talk about Eskom. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so it's really it's really heavy for us. And if we want to be optimal, if we want to really push and deliver, then I think we need to, you know, solve some of those infrastructure challenges that we have. So, again, registration, Yoranda? Work in progress. <laughs> Work in progress. I want everyone to show me more love. What kind of love?
0: I can make a call. Bro, oh god, oh god! I know the oh at the top. <laughs> ah, that's
1: the way now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, look at this brother trying to do <laughs> something new. <Oga. laughs> what can you do? for you know, yeah. you know, we, we can help with this I problem. a like, yeah. small, small, small we'll problem.
0: We'll, yeah, we we'll talk. <laughs> My guy Hugo, Hugo. Um, one of the challenges we we face. On the other hand, you know, you've talked about skills retention. Uh, we also struggle uh, greatly with skills. Uh, trying to build a knowledge-based economy. Remember, if we have very young country. Everything is a priority for us from education to health to security to technology, roads, right? Electricity, keeping the lights on. So at times we feel like we're punching above our weight or at times we feel like we're barely scratching the surface, especially when it comes to hunger levels, right? I was speaking the other day to uh, Alex nari He heads the ICT chamber. I don't know if you've met him. We're looking back at when, you know, the history of Rwanda's startup scene. And we're looking at how many people have kept at it very few and that's largely because again hunger levels are not the same we're still a small market and what we try to do is you know your big fish small pond mentality you play with a big fish in other markets right so we are a hub in africa and then you can easily scale out of rwanda and that model seems to have to work for us in so many ways when you look at our, some of our startups that are trying to punch above their weight how do you build hunger
1: Ooh, the, the, the nigerian dna yeah. oh my god <laughs> Uh, I I want to break it. How do you build hunger? Well, uh,
0: let me tell you. I look at some of my Nigerian mates, and Kenyan mates, and Ugandan mates, and you know, uh, South African guys. Nothing is given to you. Nothing. They. You can sell ice to the Eskimos. (laughs) Let me tell you. A a guy can convince you to eat fufu when you don't like fufu. (laughs)
1: So how, how do you build? hunger wow that's that's a that's a really really heavy question um because like literally that's what keeps us going you know like that's the resilience so i was in namibia um early last year and i got back to lagos and namibia is a really green green country it's it's just beautiful and i got back to lagos like in the afternoon on a weekday and it was just crazy like just the kind of like normal lagos chaos and I asked myself, why do I live here? <laughs> like, I, I had to ask myself, <laughs> Those why,
0: are why do I live here? Contrast, coming right. from
1: Vinduk to go to Legacy, like, bro, two different places. And I I've reflected on that question for quite a few weeks, and I finally found my answer. What is your answer? Nigeria makes you angry. Fucks. That anger makes you hungry. An angry man is a hungry man. That's
0: why I say, so we need to eat lunch. If I don't have my lunch, I'll eat
1: your lunch. Facts. That's really it. We're not hungry enough. We're not angry enough. I think that's it. That's the motivation. It's the anger. Anger. That anger is converted to this ambition. So basically holding yourself accountable. You know, so I used to create my own playmate.
0: Who am I playing with today? Today I'm playing against Roger Federer. And so I start banging my racket against the wall, right? I'm like, how is Fedra winning? Yeah, I guess. But it's me versus me, right? You know, during the pandemic, uh the Michael Jordan documentary was released, eh? yeah. uh, The Last Dance, and I saw so many bits of that. And I'm like, that's just how I psych myself up. Like, you create someone who's going to make you hungry and yeah. hungry every yeah, day. Totally. You will turn something small yeah, said against you yeah. into a mountain. Like, you turn a mole and you're like, okay, cool. You don't believe I can do it, yeah. and then that's going to drive me for the next six It's yeah. getting into that mindset, right? And getting into the level of greatness because also has a disadvantage.
1: Cause you don't have the patience. Bro, intolerance, man. I mean, like, you can't. I mean, like, I think nobody moves as fast as you want to move. Fuck. Right? That self-evaluation, that self-criticism, that dissatisfaction, you know, like when do you know it's enough, right? You know, at every single point in time, you're you're still behind. It's
0: so funny you say that because the other day I was having a conversation with my cousin and she's like, Arnold, you'll never get satisfied. You can't. But then the question is, to whom much is given, much is expected,
1: right? Of course, of course. You know, what are you going to do with all that gift? What are you going to do with all that knowledge, right? You know, at what point do you say this is enough? Lash, we have responsibilities. Of course you do. Where is the bar? Who sets the bar, right? And what is the bar for the others, Right. You know, you have to always push beyond your limit. That is really my mentality. That's my mindset. You know, whatever you think your limit is, you have to be a couple of, you know, like yards, meters away from it at every single point. Obi, what keeps you awake at night? What keeps me awake at night, man? Wow. So right now it's delivering. It's delivering to the level that I want to deliver. I want to build the most successful African gaming company. I want to build a gaming company that the world looks at and says, hey, those guys are really innovating. I want to have the most talented team in the continent, the best culture in the continent. And then I want our games to be played. Like I want to get to the point where I said, wow, we've seen it. It's amazing, right? And obviously the revenue to go with that and the numbers to go with that. So like, you know, billions of installed. So that is really what keeps me up at night is asking myself, how are we going to get there when are we going to get there
0: one of the hardest things uh, for people who continuously want to build new things is looking back and saying okay that was dope I did something successful because whenever it happens it's, you really don't care about the success it's the process you bro you speak you're speaking it's, my language. It's it's so funny because like I don't you never care about the outcome. It's the process. Right? When you're done and you get the outcome and what looks like a trophy and people are like, you know, giving you the hand claps until you're like, okay, on to the next one. Absolutely. How do I yeah. automate this system
1: so that it works? Bro, so our vision is to design a process for building successful games. That's really the mantra. That's the goal. We're very open about the processes that we've designed within Malio and sharing that with the game ecosystem. So as an example, we're writing the first really extensive report on the African games industry. Last month, we completed the first Pan-African survey of game studios and developers. We had 118 studios across every single country, across every single region in the continent complete that survey, letting us know what types of games they're building, how long they've been building for, how much revenue they're generating, how many employees they have, right? This kind of data doesn't exist because if we want people to invest in the African games ecosystem... We need to be able to explain to them what the African games ecosystem and some is. and someone has to own that value chain. Yeah, somebody has to take responsibility. We can't sit around and wait, you know, for somebody to do it. You know, like okay. nobody has done it for this period of time. We've taken on that responsibility, preaching to the choir, brother. Yeah, your last round,
0: talking about transparency. How much did you raise? We've never raised. You've never raised. We've
1: never raised. We've what has been your total capital injection, bootstrapping? Capital injection, like personal capital injection or... Total. No, we've been bootstrapping. So we've been doing like um, work for hire. So okay. like having companies come to us and ask us to develop games for them. Oh, okay. That's how we've been kept kept the lights. So more than a million dollars? We're privately owned. <laughs> you know what? We're, owned. <laughs> I'm we're, trying, we're trying to raise money. So if you know investors, you can you just point them in our direction. Are you, are, you, are you in town next week? If you invite me, bro, if you put me on the panel... If you invite me, no, I'm just inviting panel. you to the FinTech Forum.
0: Oh, FinTech Forum? Yes. Oh, okay. W- when is your event happening? Uh, November 8th and 9th. Bro, I got you, though. Yeah. I got you for that one. Total. But then next week, okay. over $50 billion of investors, worth of investors, are going to be in Kigali. Awesome. At the FinTech Forum. Wow. You you better be here.
1: Better be here. You
0: better be here. I have your pass as we are walking back.
1: Awesome. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Hugo Obi, uh Malio Games. I hope I'm still pronouncing that right. No, totally. Malio Games. Thank you for making the time, brother. Thanks, man. You've been listening to another episode of Startups and Fuckups. I wish we could go on and on, but time is of the essence. And if you have any comments that you would love to share with us, you could tweet us. Check out all, all our social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram. It's at NorskineA. Yes, you've been listening to a podcast brought to you by NorthSkin House. Kigali. don't forget Norskin Africa Week. 8th and 9th of November. Have a great day.